Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. So today we have an incredible podcast for all of you. Um, we have a mother and son on the line, Kendra and Blake. How's it going? Great. How are you? What about you, Blake? Oh, I'm doing good. So Blake is, how old are you, Blake? I'm 16 years old. Okay. And so Blake and his mom are going to be talking about kind of um, when they got diagnosed with Kleinfelder syndrome. And Blake's going to be talking a lot about high school. He's a sophomore in high school. Um, and he's going to be sharing a little bit about what high school has been like for him, what he likes to do for fun and all of this stuff. So Kendra, can you kind of um, let us like talk to us about um, when you received a diagnosis? Sure. Um, I was diagnosed in utero um, before he was born, and um, I thought I was just going in for a routine checkup. Um, and when I got there, they asked me if my husband was with me, and I was like, "No," because I just thought that it was, you know, it was routine. Um, and so they brought in a bunch of information, all the stuff that they had copied off of the internet, and um, had told me that. Blake's Blake had XXY and when you receive a packet like that you know it only points out the negative stuff the the things that you have to worry about and look for and so when you're a new mom and you you're handed all this information on a syndrome that you don't know anything about you kind of freak out <laughs> and um so I I was scared and nervous um I knew I was going to keep my baby because I was I was raised and had always had it in my heart to help those kids with special needs. And so I was like, you know, this is just one of God's things that he's challenging me with and I can do it. Um, there had been some struggles along the way, but, you know, when he was little, he he wasn't too far behind everybody else. He he babbled a lot. He was a talker. Um, but he was just like on the milestones, he was just, you know, just a little bit below everybody else. And I don't think it was till about, what was it? First grade when we realized that he was really struggling with math and reading and spelling. And unfortunately his teacher at the time had told us that, oh, that's just a typical first grader and boy. And, you know, he's doing fine. And I was like, him getting an F is fine. I don't think so. So what, what was it? Did you get an amnio done to confirm the diet? Like, how did you find out that he had this in utero um, 16 years ago? Yeah, it was through amnio. And did you, were you considered high risk? Is that why they did an amnio or, or? Yeah, I was, I was late. Okay. I think I had him when I was 37, maybe 35. Okay, and that was 35 or something was over the, the threshold of, of that, so they recommended amnios. And when you got the information, you know, f from when you got the information to when he was born, when he was born, did any of that, you know, horrible information cross your mind, or was it just like this is this beautiful little baby boy that you have? Um, it was more like this is my beautiful baby boy. Um. At the time when I was pregnant with him, I was working for the state at, um, in a school for special needs kids. And so I had all the connections that I needed 
to get the ball rolling. Um, I had the OT and the PT on board and I had um, my uh, co-teacher that was with me. She was a, a nurse. And so she, you know, would help me, you know, with things that I had questions about. And um, we got it rolling really quickly for, you know, once he was born and had all the paperwork, you know, started and ready to go. And so once, once he was born, what, um, is that something that you, did you automatically get him enrolled in, in PT and OT and speech, or was it something that you waited to, to see the milestones hit or delayed before you started? Um, we, um, so we started with the help me grow thing. I think it was when he was, I forget what age it was, but I think we got it, we got it we got started right away with um, OT and PT. His speech wasn't any issue because I think they um, they thought that he was hitting the milestone for that because he was just the baby babble constantly. Um, and I don't think he, even when he was older, I don't think he qualified for speech. So it was mainly just PT and OT until he was out of the help me grow stages. And what is, what is the help me grow? What age group is that? That's like birth until I think one or two years old. And then once that, um, once we hit like first grade and we saw that he was having major issues, then we got him to a 504 plan. Okay. And when they basically said he, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, when he was on, the, when he was in the Help Me Grow, um, they actually said that he um, was not qualified anymore because he hit all the milestones where he needed to be at, you know, for birth until one or two years old. So um, we didn't see any major issue, <clears throat> major issues until he was in first grade with his reading and, um, you know, not understanding everything. What were some of the triggers as far as the school telling you that he's just a boy and then and then like what triggered you into realize, you know, to to was it the teachers telling you that he had an F and they didn't think it was a big deal? And that was that what triggered you into that hyper mama mode of like, we need to evaluate this situation? Yeah. So, I mean, I, it was like seeing all the spelling tests coming back and not being able to spell any of the words and then not understanding the math homework that he was bringing home. I was like, I don't even understand it. It was that the common core stuff at his age. And I didn't understand what the worksheet was even asking him to do. Um, but it just, you know, I, it, I think it was mainly the spelling tests that were coming back and him getting D's, you know, and F's on it. And I was just like, that's not normal. You know, you can say it's a typical little boy, but most kids are not getting D's and F's on the words that he was getting. And I knew that he needed help. And by knowing that he had Kleinfelder syndrome and, and obviously 16 years ago versus now, the amount of information about it was, you know, like you said, negative, And there probably wasn't as much information um, about it to kind of help with this just help in general. And so were you, were you like, 
kind of trying to correlate the two things together, like, oh, X, X, Y, like it's probably some of these language issues or something is, is related and, and kind of getting him the help he needed? Um, I don't know if I, if I put, if I put XXY with it, I mean, I knew he had that, but I didn't correlate it with XXY. I just thought, you know, there's definitely something going on here, um, that he's not understanding. And I knew that he was also falling behind in his reading because he, he was really struggling to read as well. Um, so they, um, I think after first grade, we had reached out to one of our friends who was in the board of education and she um, suggested this, that he have this one certain teacher for his second grade who used to be an early intervention specialist. And she got all the tests ran and everything. They did ADD, they did, um, I forget what else, but um, they, def they tested for his reading ability and comprehension. And he was definitely low in that area. Um, so he was put in a special reading program. Um, what do you remember, they had to, I guess, yeah. Um, so I would go to, it was in the computer lab um during second grade and i would sit in there with a couple other kids um and we would just read for a little bit um just some children's books and try to understand what was going on and then after i was in that for a little while um they had me write down they told me a bunch of words and I would write it down, and then they said, write down as many words as you can, spell them, spell them right, or try to spell them right, however you can, and this certain amount of time, I think it was like a minute or two, but I was in that class for a while, and I think that it helped a little bit, but back then I wasn't really, I didn't really know what was going on completely. Because I didn't find out that I had XXY until I was about 13 or 12 <laughs> years old. So kind of going back to mom, like just having the the 504 plan and being able to like give your kid some of the help that he potentially needed. Like, did you see a difference? Did you start to notice a difference over the years? I did. I did. Um when he was in second grade, he was getting better. And I could tell that with, you know, the extra help and everything, he was doing better. Um, but I, you know, he was always a happy, happy child and, you know, never moody or anything like that. Just, you know, happy and playful. Um, and I don't think, that, you know, I, we didn't really start seeing big issues our next big issue until high middle school actually mm -hmm. wasn't it yeah um I think it was like yeah sixth grade seventh grade can you explain like what the what the issue was blake or what was going on um comprehension i think on um in sixth grade i don't remember it very much but I had, didn't I have Miss Pisantini? She was English. Yeah. And 
she was really strict and didn't really follow any IEPs or 504s and would kind of just put all that to the to the side and give out a ton of really difficult work for us and there were a couple other kids in the class that she they didn't have xxy but they had other learning um issues i don't think she knew how to how to deal with helping those that had ieps and 504s um because she would set all of them together at one table in the front where everybody knew that they were special or you know needed extra help mm -hmm. but she you know i think she tried but i don't think she really knew how to go about it she didn't and have the you formal... couldn't really ask her sorry she didn't have the formal training to be able to handle like putting all she she thought by putting all of you together was going to help you guys but then it was singling you out from the rest of the class and that makes then yeah. then that make you made you guys stood out even more and then she didn't necessarily know how to help she didn't have she probably just didn't have proper training she might have been an older teacher um but so what were you going to say Blake um you couldn't really ask her questions cuz she didn't know how to respond, I guess, in a way that we would understand. So that's why we struggled so much in it. And um, I had her as the same teacher all through middle school. So other than so, other than like the struggles in English, were there classes, Kendra, that he like excelled in growing up um, that, you know, that weren't necessarily the 504 plan helped with or were there things outside of school that you really noticed that he was like really good at or excelled in? He, uh, he picked up guitar lessons when he was about four years old and just really sailed with that. So he's been playing guitar um, for many years now and picked up piano as well. So, and you, um, is that something that you, like, have you used music as now being like 16, knowing that you have these struggles, like is music kind of like your out your way of like kind of de-stressing yourself or being able to just enjoy like playing? Yeah, I, I feel like it has helped a lot and I really enjoy doing it and playing new music and figuring out new things. And I just like sitting down in the living room and playing piano later in the evening just calms down, calms me down. So kind of going through the IEP and the 504 plans and, and advocating for your kid, is it something that has been difficult from the start, even though you have a special education background and, and you've, you were, you were involved with the right people, like what's been your experience from when he was younger to about sixth grade? And then we can get into high school in a little bit. Um, it wasn't so bad with the 504. I really haven't had um, many, well, I won't say that. Um, up until third grade, um, his 504 and his teachers have been really great and been really helpful. Um, 
when we got into third third through sixth, um, there were a few teachers that, you know, that tried to help, um, but just really didn't get it. The, the thing that, um, like when he was in eighth grade, right before he yeah. went to high school, they kept telling me that, you know, well, we don't think he's going to, we don't think that he would qualify or need to be qualified for a 504 anymore. And we would like to like write him off, you know, and say that he doesn't need it anymore. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, you can do that, but that's not going to make his syndrome go away. I mean, he's still going to have the same struggles. It's like, just because it's not visible, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have the same struggles, you know? So that, I think that was, that was hard because it's, you know, everybody kept telling me, you know, and I asked for an IEP when he was in middle school and high school and they kept saying, oh, well, he doesn't qualify. Well, how do you know? You didn't even test him. You, you can't just go by what you see during class and everything because it's not visible sometimes that he is struggling. He's just, you know, trying to stay above water when everybody else is, you know, having it easy. And so kind of you mentioned around 13 is when you found out that you had XXY. Do you remember like how your parents told you, Blake? Um, my mom came in to my room and told me to come out to the living room. And I think she gave me a book that said living with XXY on it. Gregory special X. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, um, a book explaining what it was like having it and um, that you're different, but you have special things about you that make you who you are. And that's okay. And how did you feel? Did mom and dad say other things or did, was it just the book? Did you read the whole book or kind of? Um, it was more of a children's book. It wasn't really thick. It was just like a couple pages, but explaining. And then I still ask questions now to my mom mostly about it. Um, just getting new explanations and knowing what's going on and what she knows from what she's researched about it. And how do you, um, how do you feel? Like, how did you feel when you were given a book and your parents kind of pulled you into the living room and and kind of how what did what emotions like how did you feel after you read it um I felt all right I mean I didn't really feel much different than anyone else then and I I knew that I was probably gonna have more struggles than some other kids later in high school like I am now but it was probably all going to be okay. And I thought that just everything was going to be not very different, I guess. So kind of leading into high school, um, fresh, you know, going from eighth grade and, and 
it seems that having the right teachers is really, you know, having the right teachers that are willing to like help, willing to listen to what the IEP or what listen what the four, five four plan has to say, and then having the teachers that just care about their job and and really want kids to excel, and and then having the right kind of friend group or just kind of playing your cards right in that sense, kind of having everything align is what is going to help you know the most. What has what was freshman year of high school like for you? Uh, freshman year was RA. It was like a start into something new, I feel like. And English last year, I think I had a better teacher. And he was more, I was told that he was supposed to be more fun to show or get us more used to high school before we were just thrown into all the, all the harder things. But he was really nice and uh, gave us books that we wanted to read and that kind of stuff. Um, Are you in sports? Do you play? Did you join like any type of organization within school to be like, what do you do? Um, At the beginning of the year, I started marching band. And I met a lot of great people through that and a lot of friends um since i've played music most of my life i really fit into that and it was just a great new experience to get into finding your way so you found you found your community within uh like really stressful high school like unknown experience freshman year you found band and it really like helped it really helped you yeah i think what also helped was that they had to have band camp the summer before he started there so he had met all those people before he even started high school which was awesome so kind of back to what we were talking about a little earlier before we started the podcast about having having the questions ahead of time or having meeting the people ahead of time is is really beneficial that's it's really awesome what Mm -hmm. um so what were you bullied in high school like or in freshman year did you have did you have any challenges with that because you did you stand out or did you feel like you stood out or did you kind of just blend in um freshman year i felt like i i i did feel like i stood out but not for completely xxy just for getting into high school and feeling left out because most of my band friends were in a grade above me or juniors or seniors and I didn't get to be with them in classes and stuff like that and the people that would be picking on me were like the football players and um just people that are bigger than me and then uh sports and I remember one football player would like take my bag a lot last year and like shove me around in the hallway and stuff. And I would be late to my classes because of it. And yeah. What, what is, what has sophomore year been like for you? Has it mellowed out? Like is bullying kind of non-existent anymore? 
Um, it still happens sometimes, but not as much as it did. Um, I know a lot more people now than I did last year, and I'm more settled in um, of what's going on. And I feel like people don't want to mess with me anymore because they have their own things going on. Sounds about right. You know, the older <laughs> the older you get, the more stuff that you have and the less you want to deal with, you know, people start to learn that they're introverted and they don't want to actually engage in conversation or be around people. Um, and everyone has their own things going on. So that, that, you know, it gets better as you get older, I feel. Um, what's, you know, like, let's talk a little bit about English class now that you're, you know, a sophomore and things are, you know, you're, we're halfway, more than halfway through the school, sophomore school year for you. What, what is, what has been really difficult and, and hard about English class for you? And can you kind of explain what your English class is like? Um, this year, I feel like comprehension of reading has gotten a lot more difficult because we're reading harder books now and more more books that we really don't want to learn about but the teachers want to expand on what we're learning and all that type of stuff and um every couple weeks we have to when we're reading our book we get questions on what we're reading about and we fill it out and then we have a big debate in front of the whole class and you kind of have to jump in um talking about a question so we'll talk about a question and then you have one person talk and then you have to cut them off and talk over top of them and then talk again and you have to talk at least four times and if you don't then you fail for that type of thing and do you talk or is it something that you just sit back like what's that experience like for you being able to stand up and articulate when you say comprehension like understanding is difficult for you is articulation also difficult like standing up in front of class and and talking and articulating about what you've learned yeah I think it is difficult because usually I only talk like one or two times through that whole thing and it's about 30 or 40 minutes and I just, just think it's really difficult on like if you're talking and he should know that you're trying to do stuff, but I guess it shows to him or he thinks that you're not trying when you don't participate completely and it makes it more difficult for you. This is like increase your anxiety and increase your nerves of standing up and then being interrupted, trying to get out what you're having to say and then being someone interrupting you. And, and so does it cause you just to like sit back and not engage? Yeah, it does. And you kind of just like lose, I don't know, what am I saying? Lose place. Yeah. Or thought. Thought, yeah. Lose thought of what's going on and lose just what you're talking about, I guess. So you know the material, but then when it comes time to actually standing up and talking about it and 
debating in this awkward class environment, you lose, you basically go blank. Like you forget what you've learned and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So what, you know, is there anything about English class that you excel in or is it all pretty difficult right now? Um, it's all pretty difficult right now. Um, I feel like I do okay when I'm like handwriting things um, on paper and turning it into him. But when I'm just like typing it down or something, it's a little bit more difficult because I feel like writing it out is a different process and you understand more of what's going on while you're writing it out because it's in your head. <laughs> That's awesome that you're learning that. And you also mentioned about reading and, and how you're learning. Can you kind of describe on what's working for you when you're reading these books at home? So I go home and I get all my workout and I uh, go over everything and I read for about 40 minutes, probably a day or maybe an hour a day. And I read out loud to know what, that's how I learn of how I know what's going on. And um, I, that's just how I get it. And instead of just reading in my head or listening to something, read it out loud. And do you feel that when you read out loud, like it might have been hard to start to read out loud because of being like it, you're reading out loud being slow. And then have you got, do you feel like you've gotten better with practice reading out loud to yourself? Do you feel like your reading has improved? Yeah, I think that my, uh, my comprehension and getting what's going on and like you were saying articulation and that kind of stuff um reading out loud kind of helps me understand more and i don't know where my train of thought went <laughs> it's okay i mean it's it's you've figured out something that works best for you right you've you are you've, yeah you've come to realize that like reading in class is is not doing anything for you like you need to read out loud and that's how you learn and you've accepted that and at 16 mm -hmm. that's awesome that's super incredible that you have done that and other people other families and stuff that are listening right now maybe they're going to mention that uh, like hey maybe you should try to read out loud like it works for Blake let's see if it works for you um and mm -hmm. that takes a lot of like takes a lot of um skill and and like to like com like um what's the word i'm looking for like you have to try really hard to read out loud especially when you're not good at it in the beginning you just want to give up and not do it and so to be able to like push yourself to keep doing it because you start to realize like self-awareness of this is whoa this is actually like i'm actually learning i'm actually picking things up is is really really awesome are there other classes that you um, like that you're doing well in that you have uh, that you like at school um, besides PE? Hmm. Uh, I think you're doing really well with history. Yeah. And he took an honors history this this year, which really surprised me because. Yeah, I, I have a 94 in that class or something right now. And what is it and... about what is it about history that you're just like loving and you're. You're doing so well in 
I don't know. I've always done really good in history class just because I enjoy like learning about the past of America and the past wars that have went on through the world and reading about that kind of stuff because that most of the time those are the books that I read just like war stories and stuff. So the things so it's I'm, I'm getting something the things that you're interested in you do really well in. But the books, like if, yeah. if if in English class you were reading a book about some type of war history or something like that, you'd probably be doing much better than you are doing now because of the interest in the topic. Yeah. Yeah. And is there is math or science just as difficult as English, or are you getting by, or what's what's going on with those classes? Um. Math, I feel like, is just as difficult as English because math has always been really difficult for me. And um, process of, like, equations. If there's an equation and then you have to solve for, like, three X's or something, like algebra and geometry. And if there's like tons of steps, like five different steps to get the answer, I don't get why they have to teach it that way. And there can't just be one way to get the answer. What about science and class? Yeah, science, it's all right. I think science class is doing pretty good. And um, I don't like science that much, but I, kind of get what's going on and we do do a lot of work in that class though so like uh, we talk for 30 minutes and then we do like a packet or two filling out everything and then he gives us a worksheet on what we just learned so it's a lot more work than the other classes that he hands out and are you finding like your schedule I kind of want to talk a little bit about before we go I kind of want to talk a little bit about like after school and on your weekends. And we talked a little bit before we started the podcast about, you know, your, your schedule, like scheduling and, and um, like executive function is pretty difficult for you. And then also like, you feel like you're constantly studying. So can you kind of break us yeah. down on like what an evening is like after school on a weekday and then what, what your weekend is like? Um, after school every day, I usually get home and relax for a little bit, 30 minutes, and then get on my work. And I do all my classes that I went over in that day that had a lot of hard work that I didn't really get. And I usually read after school for a while and then do science and go over the worksheet that he gave us to do. And then sometimes I do history because I actually get what's going on in that class, but I still like to go over it to make sure I will get it in the future. And English class with reading, I go over that. And math, we usually get a study guide through, throughout the week and stuff online. So I do that as well. And that can take a while and it's a lot of hard work after school but it needs to be done and what's your weekend like do you f do you find that you're do you feel like you're not 
do you feel like your other kids are not working, like having to work as hard as you have to on the weekends? Like, we were talking a little bit about that earlier, and I just wanted to kind of go through that now. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like I work a lot over the weekends on stuff that I have to do during the week. Because for reading, since I read out loud, I don't read a lot in class. And then I do that over the weekend. And I try to get all caught up on all the things that I just didn't feel like or didn't do during the week or didn't didn't get to so weekends I have a lot of work to do usually so it's just basically because your learning style is not the same as what they're teaching in class and in the school system and so you've had you have learned at 16 to adapt your learning style to be able to learn the way that you learn best. And that is what makes it feel like you're overwhelmed at home or overwhelmed on the weekends is because you have so much work that you have to catch up on that you're not given that time allowed. Like you don't have a, a, a period where you can read out loud, uh, like a study period where you can go to and, and spend your time doing your homework or something in school where you have to come home and spend all the time that you wit you want to be on screens, you want to be enjoying yourself and you're you're constantly having to work extra hard. Yeah. And you mentioned study halls. Um I did have one study hall after band that I used for a math tutor so I can get on top of math and start getting what's going on. And I've been in that for a couple weeks and we do we get out whiteboards and we just work on a bunch of questions that are on the ACT and stuff that and we work through the year. Do you feel like it's helped? I think it's helped a lot. I Because in math class, in my normal math class, we move on really fast of what's going on. And in that class, we focus more on stuff that's going to happen soon. So I'm already ahead of what's going on. So you're already, you're already prepared. You've already learned a little bit. So then when it comes time to actually understanding it in class, you get it, you understand it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool that you've, uh, you have that class and you're able to learn a little bit ahead and give yourself the confidence to be able to be able to do it and, and understand it. Um, Kendra, is there anything about like school and, and that you've, you've seen your son like break out of the, the mold or, or, you know, like you've you've seen him excel um, in the last couple of years, even though there are the struggles. Are there things that you've seen him just like do so well? Um, so he he does really well with music stuff. Um, he's able to pick something up just by listening to it by ear. Um, so a lot of his guitar and piano pieces that he does for marching band and jazz band and all that. It's like he picks it up so quickly. And um, some of his uh, band friends are in the trumpet area and he's decided that he wants to learn trumpet. So he, his one of his friends gave him one of his old trumpets and he picked that up really quickly and he's been practicing the scales and trying to learn a new song on it. Um, and it's, it's wonderful to see, you know, him flourish like that and all the special abilities that he has. Um, 
to kind of not let them get drowned out by all the struggles and all the all the things online, you know, when you read about XXY or just in general related to having a hard time, like sometimes a lot of, the, like when you were pregnant and you were given a, a booklet of information where there was nothing positive about the diagnosis, like here you are, you have your son that's excelling in so many different ways, but they're, they're never highlighted. They're never like focused on. It's always what your son can't do, but you're, you're, right. br- you're breaking that mold by, you know, seeing his just seeing his passion and and his um skills in music and allowing you know there's plenty of careers and stuff that can go down that path and um you know your English class and your math class might you might not ever use but um you're finding your what's incredible is you're finding ways that are workarounds for you in order to learn the way you need to learn and that that's really impressive at 16 to be able to do that but also you know, understanding like, yeah, there are struggles and things take longer and we wish they didn't take as long, but they do. Um, and they'll only get better with time. So is there anything to end this? Is there anything that you, Blake, would tell other boys your age or maybe like Toby's age? Um, you know, what would you say to them? Um, I think that we're all going through the same thing in some sort of way. And we, we could we just need to talk to each other more and tell each other that it's going to be okay and that things are going to happen, but you just got to push through. And mom, what about you? What would you tell, you know, either the new mothers or, or, um, you know, the mothers with kids, you know, your son's age? Um, I would tell them not to depend on the internet sources and the textbooks um, and to more rely on the parents out there that were all, you know, all the parents in the community that, um, we need to reach out to each other and listen to each other's stories because we know our, our children's strengths and we know what specials, uh, special abilities that they have. And when we talk more about the positive things that happen, yeah, there are struggles out there that every age goes through but there's so many positive things out there that our children have and they can do it it's going to be a struggle but they can do it that's awesome I couldn't say it better it was wonderful having you guys on today and just having you share a little bit about your story Um, Blake um, it's incredible just listening to you talk about a little bit about high school a little bit about your life and Um, Thank you guys so much. It's going to make a world of a difference for people in our community. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you.